Welcome to Life Beat. Uh, this year we're changing the format of Life Beat a little bit. We're going to have some additional people joining in, so it's not just me talking at you. Uh, we have some pretty interesting conversations in the office about pro-life issues, and hopefully that'll be a little bit more interesting than me just detailing uh, what we have on our blog and social media. So joining me today is our Education and Events Coordinator, Natalie Collins. Natalie, welcome to the podcast. Hello. So, uh, today we're going to talk about the wonderful topic, body brokers. Um, I was in here for two days last week between Christmas and New Year's getting some stuff done, and I saw the most unpleasant, or one of the most unpleasant stories I've ever seen. Um, Reuters did a seven-part series about body brokers, who, uh, when you donate your body to science, these are the people that actually uh, come and pick it up and sell it. And it turns out there's a lot of abuses in this industry. And one guy in particular, Arthur Rathburn in Michigan, was caught by federal law enforcement with uh, a multitude of violations, but also the bodies of aborted babies. And he is from Detroit, and they were caught in his Detroit warehouse. So uh, what was kind of just a gross science experiment issue is now a pro-life issue and now we have to learn all about the body broker trade so that was a welcome uh, you're on vacation like last that. week and you come back in and body brokers how about that yeah it was kind of interesting to hear about it because i mean it's like almost it's a little bit of a historical issue like corpses and using bodies for science mm -hmm. and stuff like that like Back in the olden times, you know, that's why grave robbers were a thing, because they wanted to steal the bodies for, like, medical research. But now, it's, like, happening in real life, and it's <laughs> 2018. Who knew? Yeah, have you ever read the book, uh, The Devil in the White City? No. It's about the World's Fair in Chicago, about this uh, mass murderer who was killing all these people around the turn of the century, uh, and, uh, you know, selling... Selling their body parts to you know for anatomy departments and and research and whatnot and uh, yeah you think it's something that happens in history books but apparently it's going on now and and no one really had a clue I hadn't even seen this Reuters series until um, they broke the news about the uh, babies which you know we can assume they're aborted but we don't know yeah it seems a little they don't even know so hopefully this trial that's going to happen will uncover a lot more information on what was actually going on and hopefully we'll learn the truth. But I suspect <laughs> if we're not going to. Um, yeah. I uh, So the trial starts today and uh, they were doing jury selection today and I think they're going to do opening statements tomorrow. So I'm going to be going to Detroit and hopefully they'll mention the babies. But, um, you know, it's a crime to you know, traffic in tissue from an unborn child, and it wasn't mentioned in any of the indictments. And so, you know, it's nice under Trump that we have, you know, we can be at least somewhat assured that federal investigators might be possibly doing a fair job, but under the Obama administration, you were pretty sure that if an issue involving abortion or unborn children came before the Obama Justice Department, that wasn't going anywhere. 
Yeah, it's helpful too to know that if maybe things don't, not everything gets discovered or anything, then since it's in a federal court, maybe then it would be able to get another hearing in a higher federal court. Or state level, maybe. State, yeah. Mm -hmm. You know, something for our on-duty pro-life attorney (laughs) general. Yeah, yeah, so uh, one of the things that struck me about the series uh, the most... And I don't know, did you read any of the Reuters series or just the information that we had on it? I read the Reuters article and I read there was like an older one from like October. Mm -hmm. And then there was like another one that I read. And it was just kind of interesting because they kind of detailed specifically about like how Michigan is one of the very few states that we don't have any sort of requirement for people or like the medical industry. Overkeeps tabs on medical industry things. We don't have any sort of law that it's required for them to tour them and make sure that they're like ethically sound, which is kind of interesting. I guess only 10 states in the United States have actual strict laws about it, but Michigan's one of the ones that we have no laws about it. So that was a little concerning. I didn't know if that was something that maybe we could introduce legislation in Michigan to make these facilities have to get toured and be held to, like, certain safety standards. Yeah, it's, it's a little hard because it's not directly a pro-life issue, but, you know, mm-hmm. this this is all happening right in the middle of the, uh, you know, baby parts scandal mm-hmm. with Planned Parenthood heating back up again. They're under federal investigation. Um, you know, it was announced three times. There were three separate announcements in December all dealing with... Um, and there have been more dealing with mm-hmm. trafficking and fetal tissue. Um, and so it'll be interesting to see if there's the pro-life movement, if we have changes that need to happen, and if there's changes overall. Because, you know, I was reading the series, and it was almost a perfect parallel, you know, as, as we put in the blog, to the abortion issue and the Planned Parenthood investigation. Uh, regulators, you know, the laws aren't sufficient, the regulators aren't paying attention, uh, when people are held accountable, you know, there's still things slipping through the cracks. Um, yeah, I think it shows that too. I mean, obviously it's not good plant parenthood is doing these things and that's awful, but it kind of opens like another door of like, is this something that everyone in the abortion industry is doing? Like maybe it's not just planned parenthood. Maybe it's something that everyone's been doing. We just didn't know, which is even more scary, I think. Yeah, you know, I, I had someone immediately ask me after this body broker story um, broke is, was it Chellian's Clinics? You know, Ray, Renee Chellian in Northland Family Planning. Um, she's, I think, the biggest abortion chain in the state, owns a couple, and uh, she was the one joking about uh, having so many bodies of unborn babies, she was going to drive up north and light them on fire. Yeah. And so, uh, you know, you wonder where you get those babies. Um one of the things that struck me about the story, you didn't read the one about Disney, did you? No, I didn't read that You didn't one. have the heart? No. I so didn't. my family uh, was vacationing in Disney as I'm reading this, that um, apparently, so these medical conferences are at Disney and other resorts and major hotels, and as part of these medical conferences, for whatever reason, they, they routinely love to have cadaver labs in the conferences, and sure enough, 
the body broker industry is selling them these cadavers, and they're doing it right in the hotel ballroom. So uh, on Saturday night, um, well, on Friday night, you have the medical convention and a cadaver lab, and on Saturday, you have a wedding, you know, um, in the same room. And the picture in the Reuters story was, it was like that stereotypical hotel lobby with the carpet that looks all geometric, uh, geometric patterns and the drab walls. And there's just this little sheet of plastic and these gurneys with bodies on them. That's like someone who's not in the medical industry. That's like their worst nightmare. <laughs> like, oh, no blood, no bodies, no, no. That's yeah, would you be interesting to know, interested to know that the day before your wedding uh, was at this ballroom and your little niece and nephew, little Johnny, was crawling around on the carpet that there was, uh, you know, someone going to town on a corpse of the bone saw? And, and one of the parts of the stories was uh, one of these conventions, they were like, it was like a prize. Like you win a drawing and you get to go up and mutilate a corpse? I mean, I guess they're donating to science. How many people, so when you thought, so if I said, were you going to donate your body to science, what would be the stereotypical, like, thing that's happening once you, that happens and you die? Um, <clears throat> I think I would think of, oh, like, they're going to get to be, uh, like, my mom's a nurse, so, like, she always talks about how when she was in nursing school, they would, like, use the cadavers to, like, practice drawing blood on or various other things or, you know... You're going to donate your eyes to science. So, like, if you had a weird eye disease, they could study it and maybe find out why you went blind. Like, something like that. Yeah, I mean, I would picture, like, you know, this organ transplant van with, right. you know, climate controlled and taking it from the hospital to these facilities mm-hmm. and, and all very regulated and, and simple. But, no. no. And, um, I don't know if I should repeat all the stuff I read in that series. Uh well, one kind of tame one, but so one of these body brokers was in like a residential area and the neighbor was apparently complained. And uh, so the authorities showed up and this guy had a corpse just out in the, you know, light of the day. He was just hosing him off with a garden hose. That's too casual. I, I would think so, but, uh, you know, that's this is a whole new world that we've apparently had to discover. So, uh, and, you know, one of the recurring themes of this podcast is, uh, you know, some of these unbelievable stories. So did you, have you told anyone about the... <laughs> told anyone about the body brokers yet? Like in real life? <laughs> I was talking to Emily, who she's the president of Michigan State Students for Life. We were texting back and forth about it earlier and just about how shocking it was to know that this was going on, let alone in Michigan, you know, and it was just kind of alarming. Yeah, how do you broach that in conversation? So how was your work day today? (laughs) Oh, you know, I read about dead bodies and dismembering dead bodies and... Yeah, sometimes... It's hard to have those conversations with people if they don't understand or know. And sometimes it calls for some maybe critiques from people. And they tell you you're trying to, like, spread lies or tell them false truths. But all this is reality. You know, it's actually going on. And I think that sometimes people just don't want to hear it. 
and that's scary. Yeah, and it is kind of unbelievable. I remember with when the whole uh, Planned Parenthood investigation broke, I had uh, someone I know very well come up to me and ask in kind of a hushed tone mm-hmm. at a um, you know at a family event, "Is this real? Yeah. Did this really happen?" Uh, yeah. And oh, by the way, <laughs> yeah. here's one, two, three, four, five more crazy stories, you know, just from this week. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I had one of my friends in particular, like, he told me he couldn't be friends with me anymore because I believed those David Delighted videos. I thought that really? they were true. Yeah. He, you, he cut you off. Yep, he told me that they were false and that they'd been debunked and that I was the crazy one for thinking that those were real. Well, uh, you know, my thing with that is Planned Parenthood does such a good job of convincing their supporters of things that just aren't really true. Um, Particularly, uh, and how they did that, which is kind of interesting because I'm, you know, I'm reading, you know, we follow political news in general here and all this stuff about Fusion GPS and the Steele dossier and all this stuff involving the the Trump-Russia investigation and that's the same company that Planned Parenthood used to review these tapes. And, um, you know, it gets repeated that uh, it's been debunked and people just take their word for it, which mm-hmm. it was kind of nice with this body broker story that it was actually a mainstream media outlet mm-hmm. doing this investigation and doing some uh, pseudo undercover work. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's not something that some of these places are willing to report on because I think a lot of them are worried about some of the backlash that they'll get from their viewers or maybe people on their board or something. I think it's alarming to people, if that makes sense. Yeah, um, we'll uh, we'll see if Reuters stays up on the story. Um, I actually looked back and this, uh, this uh, Rathburn guy in Detroit, uh, some media actually have reported on some of the things that happened, but, you know, just never, it didn't make yeah, I think statewide w- news, really, and didn't really cross our radars cause, until those babies were found. Because WXYZ posted an article, right? Was it them? Um, they did. I saw even, I think it was either the Detroit News or the Free Press ran a story years ago about the raid. Oh, yeah. Um, mm-hmm. So there's been some coverage there, but... Because the raid was in 2013, right? Yeah, yeah. so apparently this investigation is... Uh, going a long time it's five years yeah hopefully it's not a long trial um speculation is that it could only take a couple of weeks so we'll know by then and then um you know one thing i was going to say earlier you know one thing i did say earlier you know state charges because in michigan we changed our law you know it was like a almost like exactly a year before the story broke we updated our law based on the planned parenthood investigation mm-hmm. um to kind of close off a loophole, but even before that, in Michigan, it was still illegal to have uh, unborn children, you know, the body parts. Um, you have to have clear, explicit consent uh, from the mother, and it says it has to be written. So there ought to be, I'm not a legal expert, I'm not a lawyer, which you, you're not yet either. Not yet. <laughs> Heading to law school this summer, but, uh, um, you know, there's got to be something there if he had the body without documentation, I would think. Yes, yeah, so there would have to be some sort of documentation somewhere. The other thing I did think was interesting, reading 
the articles is it talked about how in Michigan it's legal you can sell body parts from corpses but selling tissue from like fetuses is illegal so I didn't know how like convoluted that could get and, yeah. and what that meant like laid out in law like I didn't know what the difference could be right Right. Well, I mean, the reason it is that way is because, uh, well, there's, I mean, people, everyone dies, but, um, you know, um, murder is not legal in the state of Michigan, whereas with the unborn child, unfortunately, uh, you can kill them. And so there's a perverse incentive there in terms of uh, research. And so that's why we, way back in the 70s, um, moved to outlaw that. So that's why there's that kind of strange distinction but uh with the way this industry is you wonder if there's going to be a some kind of broader move to you know because i think the idea when you donate your body to science it, it almost implies well you're donating it almost implies a kind of donation and I, I i don't think most people would ever think that they're gonna sell their body and then it's going to be chopped up and sold off part yeah. by part yeah, I guess to maybe just being devil's advocate is, but what is, uh, like, could they twist that and use the the selling of body parts from corpses? Is that something that, that's probably something his defense team would argue, right? That that's a definition that they would fall under. Or is that getting too complicated? <laughs> Well, I don't know. Well, he, he was charged with uh, fraud. Mm -hmm. um, you know, I, looking at some of the details of his case, he did some wacky things like drive back over the federal border uh, yeah. with Canada with uh, severed human heads in his car. There was nine, and, right? And uh, I've lost... I think there was <laughs> I nine. It's not nine. a fact I try to remember. <laughs> yeah. Oh. Um... So I don't know if, uh, I don't know what they'll try to argue. Um, maybe he'll plead guilty, but I imagine... Um, if it's going to trial. Oh, I mean, yeah, that's right. He would have already had to plead. He would, well... He, he did plead not guilty. I remember that. Yeah, so that's why it's going to trial then. So... Yeah, uh, who knows? I mean, that's one of those trials where it's, you know, who knows what sort of details. Oh, wouldn't you know it? I didn't turn my cell phone off. Oh. First time I have one of these, uh, <laughs> this nice group mic that can get everyone in the cell phone. You gotta get the smartwatch. <laughs> smartwatch? Yes. Oh, there you go. Talks to you all the time. <laughs> well, um, anything else you wanted to talk about? I wanted to mention, you know, we, we just uh, got the latest uh, Planned Parenthood annual report. Um, no big changes in their services, but... They're becoming so political. Yeah. Oh, I forget what the one article said. But, like, their prenatal services were way down, which, I mean, not surprising. But Yeah, and, and it's interesting, you know, in their annual report, they some of the things they count, they count as clients, and some yeah. of the things they count as services. So, you know, if they're counting it as a service, you know, the actual number of people who uh, use this service is way down. Um, it's funny how they fudge their numbers. But... Um, got to keep that 3%. Got to keep the 3%. Um, so, but their abortions were down a little bit. A couple thousand out of 320,000. I think it was down like 8,000. It's just a 
small drop, but... A small drop, but then, like, the national drop has, I feel like, been going down more significantly. So, like, their share of the pie is growing. Yeah, um, so there's an interesting fact in December that Planned Parenthood is uh, owns 49% of the abortion facilities. Yeah. Operation Rescue uh, tracked all the information down. So they run half of the abortion facilities, and they do about a third of the abortions. And so you kind of wonder at what point are they going to, you know, you talk about like a business and profit, mm-hmm. are they going to hit peak market share? And I know there's, this, uh, there's some kind of simmering you don't hear about in public a lot, but a lot of those indie... Ab- you know, abortion chains and uh, abortion facilities really don't like Planned Parenthood. You think yeah. of them like the McDonald's of abortion. <laughs> it's their competition. Yeah. Taking it's... away their clients. Yeah. It... No, and then there was that other article. Um, oh, Kristen had shared it about the, like, 90-second abortion have you seen that? I haven't seen that article. Oh my gosh. There's like this new tool or something that they can use that'll give you like a 90 second abortion. And there was this whole article about it and it was really disturbing to read. And it, that, it really freaked me out because it said that it was almost a hundred percent effective. And then it went on to say that like, this is just such a medical breakthrough that we're going to be able to push this. It, it's like a device that they use to, like, do the abortion instead of, like, a pill. Oh, well, I'll put you on the spot here. Have you ever seen a first trimester abortion performed, um, like, in total? Unfortunately. I mean, because those doctors move yeah, ridiculously quick. fast already. But, uh, you know, mm-hmm. for them, the quicker, the quicker they can do it, the more volume they can... Yeah, and then they, they said can... that with this specific procedure that it would... Um, it only has like a 10 minute recovery time or something crazy like that. Mm, I'll I'll have to look into that Uh, article. It was very, very concerning. Yeah. They sell RU46 abortions as an easy solution, but I mean, I've known people who have had RU46 abortions very sadly, and it's not, it's not 10 minute recovery. It's not a 10 day recovery. It's. It's terrible, and they're they're at home and suffering, and um, you know that's why some people speculate. Oh, you know, abortion pill is a great advance for the abortion industry. It's going to make it much more widespread. But um, you know, with a surgical abortion, you can at least pretend what's going on yeah. is not real. But with an RE forty six abortion, it's a lot harder to do that. Yeah, very sad. Very lots of sad topics. Yeah, I know Life Beat is not a cheery podcast, but it is definitely a, a need to know podcast. Yeah. That's okay. Anything else? Nope. I think that's it. Yeah, it was Christmas and still had a lot of news in December. And uh, hopefully by the time we do our next podcast, uh, we'll have some more news on the Rathburn trial. Maybe it'll be over. Um, and some positive news, some more winning. Right, and then, uh, yeah, maybe we'll get a nice surprise for the uh, you know, March for Life is upcoming mm-hmm. in a couple weeks, the the anniversary of Roe versus Wade and Doe versus Bolton on January 22nd. And so a lot of pro-life activity, and we'll talk about that, but hopefully uh, Congress will find some other way to um, you know, make up for the fact that they have not defunded Planned Parenthood yet, have they? 
Well, I mean, at least they decided to pull some money from the UN, which was unfortunately advocating abortion and population control. So hopefully that kind of puts them on notice a little bit to realize that, you know, that those things are bad. <laughs> yeah, so there's a great article just to finish in National Review today um, by uh, one of the writers, Alexandra, I think it's DeSanctus, I can't say her last name, but just um, talking about, uh, you know, has... President Trump lived up to his pro-life promises, and and he really has. We've made mm-hmm. some great strides, but that is one, that is the crown jewel, you know, defunding Planned Parenthood. Yeah. Um, as we talked about in our blog, there's such a political organization. Can you imagine uh, the National Rifle Association or the Sierra Club getting a third of their budget from taxpayers? Uh, I mean, if, if if either group did that, the the group on the other side would be oh, justifiably yeah. outraged because you know. That would be the end of the world. It would be. Imagine if we got $500 million, the pro-life movement got $500 million oh taxpayer gosh. dollars every year. You wouldn't hear the end of it. No, no. You, you wouldn't. All right, well, that's all the time we have for this edition of Life Beat. Join us again in two weeks, and Natalie probably join us again, unless we have some other interesting news. Thanks for listening, and have a wonderful weekend.